0: Tower of Babel. I'm curious. What have you heard about the Tower of Babel? What what was wrong with the Tower of Babel that you've heard taught? Okay. for their own glory. Okay. Okay. Trying to reach God? That's the one I heard growing up. Trying to build a tower to get to God. To prove that they are as mighty as God. Let's look what the Bible says. Hebrew, uh, Hebrews, Genesis 11, verse 1. And the whole earth was one language and of one speech. And it came to pass as they journeyed from the east that they found a plain in the land of Shinar, and they dwelt there. And they said one to another, Go to, let us make brick, And burned them thoroughly, and they had brick for stone, and slime had they for mortar. And they said, Go to, let us build us a city and a tower, uh, whose top may reach unto heaven. And let us make us a name, lest we be scattered abroad upon the face of the whole earth. And the Lord came down to the city and the tower, which the children of men builded. And the Lord said, Behold, the people is one, and they have all one language. And this they began to do, and now nothing will be restrained from them, Let's pray. Lord, uh, help us as we look at this passage and this story of the Tower of Babel, and may we understand it biblically, and help me to present it that way, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. So we see here this idea of the Tower of Babel, and I'm glad that not as, not all of you have heard what I heard growing up, but as I was always told as a kid, the sin of Babel was that they were building this tower to attain God. When it says here in the Bible that they were building this tower, let us go up and Uh, build this, it says in verse number four, yeah, four, that I may reach unto heaven. Um, I was told as a kid that they were trying to reach literal heaven where God lives. Um, and some of you have heard that as well. That's not what it's saying here. Uh, but there is still sin going on here in this place. And that's important for us to see. So it says there in verse four, what they were doing, but what is the actual sin of Babel? It says in verse number four as well, the reason why they were doing this. It says, they, uh, go, let us build up a city and a tower whose top may reach unto the heaven, uh, which just means a very large tower, very tall, very large, very seeable, right, visible, uh, a tower. And then it says, and let us make us a name, lest we be scattered abroad upon the face of the whole earth. So their concern was being scattered, uh, which is interesting because their desire was to be a great nation, to be a great city, and to stay together and to not spread out. Well, what's wrong with that? Well, God's desire was for them to follow and obey. And God had a desire after the flood for the earth to be populated. And that means as well, I believe, to be spread And you know, in Acts, when he's talking to the church, he he talks about the importance of leaving, right? Of going uh, to your area, to the outskirts of your area, to the further area out there, using different terms. But uh, to uh, Judea and Jerusalem and Syria and the uttermost parts of the world. And uh, that's not the command given after Noah. He says, go forth and multiply, Uh, be fruitful. Uh, I believe the idea still is, though, for the nation to be spread to some degree, spread out. And they decided that they wanted everything to be right there, everything together. I believe that the ultimate sin here in Babel is pride. Uh, God saw where it was leading. Their so-called unity, their togetherness in this project was leading to a dependence on themselves, to a saying, we're going to be a great nation. We are going to be so mighty that no one can defeat us. And there was going to be a dependence on themselves versus a dependence on God. Babel was this uh, a great unification of a nation coming together, but coming together on a purpose that wasn't godly, that wasn't God-honoring. Uh, they were stealing glory. Uh, that was mentioned. They were stealing glory. They were going to take all this building that they were doing and pour the glory on themselves for the mighty achievement that they accomplished, versus glorifying God who had delivered their uh, predecessors when the rest of the world was destroyed. And now they had grown and they had uh, had multiplied, and you can look all through chapter 10 to see all the different lineages and everything like that. But we come to this point in chapter 11 now where everyone that was there, they all spoke the same language, they all understood each other, and they all just stayed where they were, and now all of a sudden they begin to have these uh, these imaginations. That's not the right word they use in the in Bible, but uh, these um, these views that hey, we should build this city with the focal point of the city being this tower that just puts all eyes on us. Uh, so it's not about literally reaching heaven. It, by the heaven, if you look at the the words. It's just large, very, very large, okay? Uh, But it is about being seen. It is about everyone knowing who they were, everyone seeing them. And so it's interesting, kind of God, he looks down at it. um, It says in verse 5, the Lord came down to see the city. Did he need to come down to see the city? No, he can see the city, he knows what's going on. But it's interesting that he makes the point that he visited, not in the flesh, but he visited what was going on. So he comes down in verse 5 and he, to see the city and the tower, and he said in verse number 6, the people is one, which typically is not a bad thing, uh, but like I said, with their vision and their focus, it's in the wrong place. So he says, the, the people are one, and they have all one language, and this begin to do, and now nothing will be restrained from them. So what is that talking about? Are they going to become more powerful than God? No, the, the fact that nothing will be restrained from them, he's saying that their goals and their vision are going to come to fruition if I don't intercede, and their goals and their vision are wicked, and it's going to cause great hurt and great problems upon these people if I don't intercede. So God looks down and says, hey, they're going to do this, and they're not going to stop. And so the one way that I can stop then he's God, he can do any way he wants, but the way that he chose to stop them, he says, I'm going to confound their language. So he says in verse number 7, go to. Who, who's he talking to? I believe this is opinion. I believe he's talking the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost. Just like when he's talking about creation, that, that we will make them in our image. Um, he says, just as the people said go to, God says, go to, let us, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Ghost, go down and confound their language that they may not understand one another's speech. And then what happens is, is when they can't understand one another's speech, now they don't have that unity. Now there's division. Now think about this for a second. How naturally a different language separates you. Right? We're an English-speaking nation. Anyone who has come to America, if a different language, has faced some adversity, has faced some automatic division. Now, you can... Say, no, no, that's not true if you want to, but read the history books. Anybody that's come to America with a different language uh, originally faced, faced some issues, um, some racial issues or some, what um, uh, would be the right word for it, but uh, adversity because people were mean, cruel, rude, whatever you want to call it, to them. And the same is true really anywhere in the world you go. If you come with a different language, most of the time you're not automatically accepted. There is a little bit of, oh, they're those people. And we see this naturally occur when the languages were scattered, the people scattered. They been to go, go away from each other, get with the people that, could, that they could understand now, and go off and do what, uh, life with them, right? Which is, again, I believe God's plan for them before the language scattering was for them to go out and be fruitful and multiply and, and, and make, uh, use the, what God had given and the places that God had given. Go out there and inhabit these places. Uh, but they weren't going to do that. They were going to stay there, and they were going to build on their own glory. So God said, I will make you glorify me ultimately. And so they scattered and they went in different directions. Um, you, in verse 10, it goes into generations again, and get into Shem, uh, and those sorts of things. And we're not going to look at that today. But, uh, and you see through who, who follows in the lineage and things like that. But it was a result of Babel, a result of God, coming down and saying, the goal of these people is not my goal. And so I cannot allow it to happen. And he said, if I, if I leave it as it is, they will accomplish their goal which will be, remember, just uh, there with their ancestors before them, the whole world was wicked. And it was destroyed with the exception of their ancestors, Noah and his sons and their, their wives. And God said, "We're not." he already promised not to do that again, right, after the flood. So now we see him saying, I cannot allow this to go on the way it's going on. So he brings down the different languages. Uh, uh, changes their, their speech. They couldn't all understand each other anymore, and they dispersed. It's interesting throughout history, God's dispersion of people. Um, you know, God's choice of punishment, so to say, here in verse number 7 is dispersing them. It's spreading them out. When God told the church to go forth in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, the outermost parts of the world, and they didn't do it, what did God do? He dispersed them. Um, uh, persecution came on the church and they had to flee the next thing you know they did what God told them to do Just God had to do it the hard way right, you get the option, the easy way and the hard way um, they chose not to obey persecution came people ran for their lives literally, and now you've got churches planting up all over the place and that's what God intended from the beginning it didn't happen slightly different here in the Old Testament with the situation here but at the same time somewhat similar as well and it's just a reminder: if God tells you to go and you don't go, He's going to make you go. Remember Jonah? We'll get to him in coming coming months. But God said, "Go, Nineveh," or "Go to Nineveh," Jonah. And Jonah said, "No." And God said, oh, no, you're going to go to Nineveh. Uh, you, you're going to go to Nineveh. You're going to get there on a on a submarine and uh, and, and a little bit of slime. But you're going to get there. All right. Uh, the, the whale ate him." Spit them up. Anyways, um, but it's interesting. These are, these are in, interesting people, right? They said, uh, let's make brick because they didn't have stone in the area they lived. So they made brick, and they used slime for mortar. They're, they're uh, innovative people, uh, smart people, talented people. And sometimes that innovation, that smartness, that talent causes you to look at yourself and boast yourself up. And God says, anything you have it's because of me. And at the end of the day, God says, you need to be, put glory where it's deserved. And, uh, and the people ultimately did that uh, through the dispersion of that. Did I say any heresy today? I'm going to check every Sunday just to make sure <laughs> after two weeks ago. All right, very good, very good. Let's pray. Lord, thank you for the day. Thank you for your word. Uh, thank you for the reminder that your will uh, needs to be done. And help us to follow your will. Help us to, to fight off pride and help us to uh, always humbly serve you. Uh, make us what you want us to be. Help us this week to be just that, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, Wednesday night at 6.